Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Hey there traders, welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Today, we have a special guest on the line, George Papazov. And George is the founder of the Trade Pro Academy. And I'm actually really looking forward to, to talking with George today. And we were talking just before we started here about uh, some similarities we've had in our trading history. George, hey, thank you so much for coming online today. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com, where we give you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance by Redwood Media Group, founder and head trader of 10MinuteStockTrader.com, Christopher Ewell. The How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast is produced in partnership with my friends at FinClub.ai. I use the artificial intelligence data from FinClub as my primary indicator. I don't even take a trade if FinClub doesn't show me that I have a greater edge than any other traders in the market. You've heard the stats, 90% of traders fail, which is why you need to find an edge, and FinClub has that edge for you for just a few dollars a day. The returns produced by FinClub have been shown to be more than double that of the market, with win rates as high as 90%. I mean, they basically make it so easy. They're going to show you exactly what stock is going to exactly what price. Basically, they're handing everything you need to you on a silver platter. Listen, they are so confident that this will change the way you trade. FinClub.ai is going to give you two full weeks to test drive their service, and they'll even give you all their historical results so you can see exactly how it works and how it can dramatically change the way you trade. And that's exactly what I've done. So head on over to FinClub.ai to start your free two-week trial, and I'll even throw in some extra bonuses after you sign up. Now, the only place you can get your discounts and free bonuses is at finclub.ai. That's finclub.ai. Hey, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. Really excited to be here. And, yeah. Uh, you know, Absolutely. About- You've got a great studio set up there. It looks like you're, you're ready to do some uh, broadcasting, so you should be right at home here. Yeah, it's a little brick wall that we just rolled in the back. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, this is our, our content studio. We do a lot of recording here. Uh, super excited. Our trading floor is on the other side. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you guys and, and have a really fun open-end discussion here in today's episode. Great, great. Well, George, um, you know, tell us a little about yourself. How did you get started in trading and, and tell us a little bit about TradePro? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I have a pretty interesting story. I mean, we all do. You know, I think at the end of the day, it's the power of the story. Everyone's got their own. And that mine's an interesting one. My family immigrated to Canada. We live in Canada at the moment. Uh, they immigrated here in the early 90s. My dad was an electrical engineer. My mom was a nurse back home. And they decided to, you know, come to North America, give it a try, you know, the, live that prototypical dream life. And uh, they didn't really have too much of a plan. They just planned to, to make things work. And so the first night we slept in the arrivals terminal of the airport. Oh, wow. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it all started there. I remember, I remember back then, you know, to me, it was a very exciting time because it was like everything was changing, our world of opportunity. But to them, now that I'm a little bit older and I could appreciate their stance, you know, it was a sacrifice. So... From there, I got really interested in just finding a way to make money. Like I'm not most people that get in this industry, some of the catalyst is let's go out there and find ways to make money in our own terms. So then I got interested in it. Um, never didn't start trading till about 16 or 17. My dad was trading currencies at the time and turned me on to it. Uh, I went to school. I tried to find degree programs that would teach me about markets. And of course, Chris is like, you know, there's nothing out there like that, mm-hmm. right? In in the educational system, you know, you learn 
you learn technical analysis, but I remember in college when they were teaching us technical analysis, the, the angle was, here's why it doesn't work. Meanwhile, I'm there trading technical analysis, making the money, paying the guy's salary that's telling me why it's not working. <laughs> but mm -hmm. <laughs> So I went to school to, to learn about uh, the financial markets as a whole. I went for financial planning. And then I had an opportunity to intern at a trading company called Scotia Bank. Uh, Scotia Capital is one of like the big six banks within Canada. Uh, I started as customer service there, and this is really where my passion goes for this whole business. I remember I started on the customer service desk in 2008. And if you remember what was happening back then, it was just carnage across the street. So I'm talking to clients who are in trades. We're saying, look, I'm going to have to sell. And, you know, my account was 50,000 just a week ago. Now I only got 9K because I'm being margin called. And a lot of them were saying to me, you know, sell it out so I could get the cash to pay for my funeral kind of thing. And at um, first I giggled and laughed, but, you know, the, it was severe. And at some points, compliance had to be dispatched. You know, we made police. I felt more like a psychologist. That a trader and I'm like, wow, this market um, is really wreaking havoc on a lot of people. And at the same time, the traders who are taking those calls are all short. They're out there making money, but they're having discussions with clients, trying to talk them off uh, the ledge, not to you know hold on to it, or just putting on the sell orders for them and blowing them out at huge losses. So I was sitting there writing blog posts about how I think what is happening was going to happen, and I'm listening to the carnage on the other side on a nine to five basis, working at the, at the trading side. I was like, you know, this this here is a foundational moment for me. I'm like, I could go with the system, ignore these kind of things. But I really had a lot of sleepless nights. Uh, and then a couple of years later, I joined the trading desk. About a year and a half later, I traded for a while. And then in 2016, you know, I started to sense that the Fed, all the, the different aspects, stretching market valuation. I'm like, this is coming around to a time where it may just happen again. So I quit my uh, job quit my uh, at Scotiabank uh, and I founded TradePro Academy in 2012. 2016, I went to do it full time. And, you know, we've been doing good since. And it's funny we're recording it at this time because just yesterday, you know, markets are down 4%. We're down 15% now in seven days. And we were doing the trading room. And when we do the poll at the end of the day, we see how traders fared. I was looking at the results and there was a large number that were profitable. I swear to you, Chris, I had a tear in my eye. You know, like people <laughs> don't know that, but it's like we're right back to where we started. This is what founded my inspiration to teach other people. Those calls I was getting were very dark. Um, you know, that's that's my drive behind being in this industry. I absolutely love helping people find ways how to navigate, you know, an industry that so few people teach properly. Yourself is great, right? Like ten minute stock approach. Um, so I'm really passionate about it. That's my story. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Man, I I started trading in 2009, so I, I, I caught the back end of that, and then I was just doing a lot of uh, leveraged ETFs is where I got started in that space, going up from there. Um, but yeah, it, I, I couldn't imagine, honestly, what it would have been like in your shoes uh, taking those phone calls, right? And I, uh, I just had a podcast interview a couple hours ago, and you know those phone calls are starting to happen already. Yeah. Uh, you know, People are saying, you know, I've got 50,000 shares of Apple, what do I do? And it's like, what were you planning on doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's yeah. funny because when, when we talked to people on the phone back then, you know, it, it's like this, what was happening was never a consideration as part of their, their plan. You know, they're like, we're just buying dips. We never thought that this could happen. And it's right. like they got caught by total surprise. And we, I would always ask them on the phone, well, what, were you, what was your exit plan before you got in this position? Zero people had an answer for that. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I think that's where, where we come in to sort of, help create a plan, have an exit point. But uh, yeah, man, it was it was carnage. It was sad to see a lot of people who worked so hard to save this money, see it evaporate. 
so quickly. Like I, I remember the calls. It was very dark. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So, so you and I were discussing um, iron condors a little bit ago, and that's uh, that's something that I don't trade anymore. Um, Me either. I'm a reformed iron condor. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, like, like that sounds so great, right? The stock can right. go up, it can go down, it can stay where it's at, and everything's you'll always profit. That's the only way that's you know, this works, right? It, it wins every time. Right. And yeah, of course. At least that's what you think. <laughs> that's what you see on the marketing. The reality yeah. is completely different. Yeah. <laughs> right. And and I went through and and podcast uh, listeners would know this that I it was a few years ago and I I did a analysis on my portfolio and I found that while my iron condors had like an eighty plus percent win rate it was ninety percent of all the dollars I lost was in this one strategy and I'm like you know what I thought there was something going on here right yeah. a neutral <laughs> strategy works in particular markets but i mean if you look at just any long-term view of the s the s p 500 i mean there, it, it's a 45 degree angle to the up, upper right right exactly yeah and and putting an iron condor on there is just asking for trouble and now you've got people who i know were really excited about this huge volatility explosion right now we've got implied volatility uh ranking on everything that's like a hundred percent which is really great if you're going to sell options but the delta movements are so outlandish. Nobody's prepared for these 4%, 6% moves in the broad market that even if you're selling something that seems like it could never be touched is all of a sudden in the money and all of a sudden losing. Yeah. So tell me tell me your story about Iron Condors. Yeah, you know, I, I have a pretty... um. So what, But when I was leaving Scotiabank to trade full-time, I first of all, it was a scary transition for me. So I, what I do is I trade futures and futures allow me the ability to make uh, cash flow on a daily basis. So the idea here is you start with cash end with cash and then hopefully end with more cash than you started on a daily basis. Not always. There's down days. And then on top of that, I was running an iron condor portfolio. So at one point I was actually looking to get some funding. I had an opportunity to uh, potentially start a fund and it was going to be on the back of this iron condor strategy. In retrospect, you know, I didn't get the capital, and back then I was crushed. But in retrospect, it was the biggest blessing of my life. Because, man, that iron condor strategy blew up in a big way, and it was on small money. Otherwise, it would have been very costly. So what I, what I used to do is I came out with an approach on how to layer them. So I did them on the SPX 500, the index options. Mm -hmm. And I would sell an iron condor 60 days out. And then 15 days into it, I would sell another 60-day one. Okay. And so by means of putting strike prices and moving it with a little bit of the fluctuation of the market, I had sure. six layers of different expiry series, which was great. It was working. This was 2015 in May until about June, July. And then Bank of China did their currency devaluations. Mm, uh, I think I it was August, yeah, yeah, August 11, 12, 13. And I was like, you know, this is interesting. There isn't that much volatility. And then suddenly the Monday of the week after the volatility came in, all six of my put spreads on all six uh, layers were, were down. And so I had this huge loss. I'd been up about 40% on the portfolio in the summer leading up to that period, wiped it all out in a, in a matter of two weeks, yeah. right? And I think for, for iron condors, I think the sexy part of it that attracts people in this industry is that it's the income word, right? Mm -hmm. Cash flow, income. Because nowadays, what are you going to do? Park your money for 1.5% You're better off? Oh, man, that, that would be a phenomenal rate. What are you talking about? Yeah, Where are you exactly. banking at? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, I gave it a little bit of a higher figure, but there's no place to put it that'll earn you, you know, a return. So now investors, even institutional money is looking for 
sexier options. They're taking more risk for the added benefit of having a higher return. So that draws people in, especially when you look at the statistics. When I designed the strategy, I'm like, there's going to have to be like a crazy uh, statistical probability that will never happen. And it happened just mm-hmm. a few months later. So I think the iron condor for me, what excited me about it is that you could sell premium and generate cash flow. But really, you know, it's one of those strategies that you'll be right 90% of the time, but the 10% of the time you're wrong, you're going to lose 100% of what you made. Oh, at and, least. Yeah, <laughs> at least. So I had a bad experience with that. So I said, look, you know, writing options strategies has a place in the market, but I, I cleaned it up and refined it a little bit where I did it more seasonal from May to about July when markets are slower, I would do it. And then two years later, I retired it completely uh, in favor of some more directional stuff. Yeah. And I, I do wonder how many people come into options trading with this assumption that, uh, you know, th- this is the the end all be all right. It's got huge win rates, but they don't realize that, you know, let's say you're risking twenty dollars, you're risking eighty dollars to make 20 or something along those lines. And, you know, it takes it takes one full loser and that's wiped out four five, six full winners. And you're like, that's going to take me six months to get back to where it was. And then if it happens again, here we go again. Yeah, I heard I heard some some statisticians say that uh, a five sigma event. So uh, for the audience out there, that would be something that is a five standards deviation event should only happen once every like five thousand years. But the tail in the risk, market, right? it's happened so much. <laughs> yeah, in the market, it happens like once every six or seven years, and it's like whoever developed these options pricing models didn't take into account the actual moves, right? They're all theoretical until like that five sigma event comes through, like like what's happening right now in the markets. We're in late February, early March, and I I, I don't know what the numbers were without having to do any research, but I know that option prices did not have a 15% move in seven trading periods baked in, right? It's right. just, there's there's no possible way that that happened. And now, now here we are. It's a different yeah, game. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, that's a big part of it. And when you when one loss wipes out four good trades, other than the fact that it might burn up your profits and even take you to negative in your account, what it really does is it kills your psychology. Oh, yeah. Right? Having one loss that does that much damage, no matter how your mind works in the subconscious level, you're, you're exposing, you know you're exposing yourself to risk. And I think that takes away confidence from your strategy execution because I know that in 2015 when the markets bottomed out, if I'd continued selling iron condors, I would have eventually came back. But man, you got to have kahunas made of steel to do that at that point. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that, that makes total sense. So now with the markets being as crazy as they are, uh, what, what are you looking at? And um, obviously, it's not iron condors. What's what's on George's radar right now? Yeah, absolutely. So at the moment, what I do is I trade futures. So we trade the S and P 500 futures contract, mm-hmm. and then crude oil. And obviously, right now, the coronavirus scare is is putting uh, assets at a risk off situation. They're going into gold and other assets. And so right now, we're more day trading this. We see this as a really good day trading opportunity for the market. And I'm also doing some swing trading in the futures position. So I haven't done as many option strategies lately um, mm-hmm. because the thing with volatility that I've come to learn is and this took me a long time to learn you know through losing a ton of money blowing out a couple of strategies um, you know and with the iron condor strategy I was lucky enough to be able to end at up about four or five percent at the end of it all and scared me away but um, with these volatility strategies you know you're saying 
when you sell volatility, you're saying that you know when fear is going to end, mm. right? But you don't really know when somebody's fear or what somebody's fear looks, feels like, how far it could stretch. It's like hearing a gunshot in the alleyway, your natural instinct would be to run away from it, right? But with mm-hmm. trying to solve volatility, you're saying, I'm going to hang around and see what happens. Nothing good. <laughs> run. That's a great way to describe it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So for me, it's right now what we're doing is doing more um, day trading strategies. We start with cash in the morning, put on a few positions. At the end of the day, end up back in cash. Uh, our community is trading at around the clock. You know, there's a lot of opportunity in the London session. Today was particularly wild during the day. Uh, but the way our strategy is very simple. It's price structure based. So we're looking for price to break a new low. And then we look for a rotation back up to sell into. And, um, you know, we've been we've been working that this whole week. Um, the reality of these markets dumping is that day traders and traders who are a little more active make a lot of money. But honestly, Chris, I can't help but think of some of those calls again. It was really spooky this week. I was doing really good. I was doing well. Our community was making money. And, and that's what's important to me, seeing other people around me in the community doing well. But I couldn't help the feel like, you know, it's great. We're doing great, but let's not celebrate it too much. Because once again, I remember those calls. It was kind of a funny stuff. But that's what we do. To answer yeah. your question, we uh, day trade futures mostly. And at the moment, we've put the option stuff on the back burner temporarily. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. And, and you've really got to adjust to what the market's giving you right now. So that that's good to hear. Yep. So, George, what... Uh, what what do you think you could give to to the audience out there as like one one good takeaway uh, that they could say oh you know what I really enjoyed listening to that uh, interview with George he's a smart guy what what would that <laughs> would that one thing be yeah that's you know that's a very powerful question uh, the one thing off the top I would say I have a lot of things Chris we can do a lot of things but I think the one <laughs> that's the most important would be to and and I'm sure you know this and you'll probably not in agreement hopefully but is that we try to predict the market. You know, because the way we've been taught to go through life is that we're we're constantly being scored, evaluated, graded. Think about school. Your mom would post the stuff on the fridge. Mine wouldn't because I didn't bring home any good grades. But my sister's grades were on the fridge. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, you know, we've been we've been trained to be evaluated, graded. So in life, we have to know where something's going to feel certain enough for us to take part. Right. But I would say in the market giving up the idea of knowing where it's going to go. Because the reality is nobody knows where this market's going to go. If one person knew where it was going to go, the market wouldn't exist, mm-hmm. right? And so rather than looking for where the market's going, let's use the real-time information more. Put more weight on the real-time right now in this moment to use probabilities rather than trying to forecast out two, three weeks a month where is it going to go. And at the end of the day, you know, like we do with our traders and community, you don't need to know where it's going. You just need to assess, is this a high probability? Is it worth the risk? Take a shot. Because oftentimes when we wait for a trade to be too certain, too many people have already seen it and it's worked out. You know, in my in my trades, when I qualify them, I have a little checklist. I'll be like, I need this to happen, this to happen. Mm-hmm. If too many things are qualified, I actually don't take the trade. Oh, really? Like, yeah, it's too perfect. You know, it's like <laughs> if, if I have everything I'm looking for, then it becomes less risky. So maybe the trade was better before. Maybe I missed it. Maybe it's a little maybe bit late. It. Yeah, I could see that. I've run into that a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, actually. I was like, ah, it's set up right. And then it turned around immediately. What had I, yeah, okay. Yeah, I can yeah, see exactly. that. It's overqualified, right? It, at the end of the day, we're in a risky business and trying to avoid risk is a bad strategy of, of trading and investing as a whole. I think it's trying to accept the risk and quantify it because 
there's a chance that when you eat a chicken breast, you get salmonella poisoning and die. Or coronavirus, you never know. (laughs) 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 Exactly. Let's keep it a, you know, time, time relative. Yeah, coronavirus or anything. Or when you cross the street, you get hit by a car. But you don't think about that crossing the street. The thing with trading is it's one industry where you do know the risk. You could choose to accept or decline it. So for me, the one thing that's important, the one tip as you asked is look at the real time now and you know, give up the idea that you're going to have a guaranteed certain trade. None of this is guaranteed. At the end of the day, we have our setup and we're taking a shot. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't value the shot too much. Sometimes I'll take a shot and because I know I could manage risk, even though the trade might be a little later, a little early, I could manage my way out of it with a mm-hmm. contained loss or maybe I could even get it for the upside. So you know, we don't know where things are going. Nobody knows. You know, rather than looking for an answer to where are we going next, let's look at the real time. Set up high probability trades, focus more on managing risk than anticipating a reward. Yeah, that's that's really smart there. I really like that. So there you go, guys. Pay attention to what's going on out there and don't try and be predictive, right? And and to George's point, I really, really agree with Hailey is that, you know, have a plan in place to have your losses capped at a, you know, a risk level. Some people would call this R, maybe that's something you guys refer to it there. And yep. you know, your risk is one R and you're trying to get two, three, four R in your trade. And not that you have to, but that's the goal. You're never gonna risk more than one R. And uh, you know, that that's kind of the opposite with a lot of the option strategies, right? You're risking yeah. four R to make one R. So yeah, 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 it's the inverse. It's like the exact opposite we wanna do. And it's, you know, there's gonna be risk but it, it's all about containing that risk, right? It's like, you know, understanding that with some strategies, you could only win 30% of the time and still make money. Oh, yeah. Would you go to a surgeon that'll tell you, you know, a 70% chance you're going to die, lay down on the table? No. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Not a chance. So this is the only job where you don't have to be right. Back to what we were discussing a little bit earlier, you don't have to be right more than you're wrong to make money. So that kind of, it's a relief. When I learned that, my trading you know, escalated because of the relief. It was a weight off my back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's important. And I love the way you mentioned it in ours. Absolutely. For longer term trades, you could do four to one. Uh, for day trading, we try to go two to one mm-hmm. at least. Uh, the way we do is we, we get a position, let's say four contracts, whatever it is, take half of it at two points on the S&P and run the rest. Um, there you go. Yeah. yeah. In a market like the last week, especially, you know, you want to be running some of your position for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, George, this has been uh, very educational. I've, I've enjoyed this. This is a good chat. You uh, you know, sometimes I have people on, they're very stiff and they're very presented and everything, but this was a good, uh, good opportunity. This is what I really enjoy about having the podcast is being able to connect with people like you who know what they're talking about and can, you know, bounce ideas off of each other and, and help the audience out there. I, I jokingly say that uh, the podcast is purely selfish because I get to learn and, and network with all these people <laughs> and, uh, and the audience gets to, to live vicariously through what I get to do. So I feel super blessed to be able to do that and uh, to be able to connect with you today, George. This was great. Likewise, my brother. Thank you for having me on. Uh, it was a great chat. And uh, I love that I have somebody else that lived through that 2015 era with me. Oh, uh, yeah, share. for sure. <laughs> so, George, where can people learn more about you and Trade Pro Academy? Yeah, absolutely. Our website is tradeproacademy.com. Uh, the one thing I think is the best resource that we offer, there's actually a free YouTube update on a daily basis, 9 a.m. Monday to Friday on our YouTube channel. YouTube forward slash Trade Pro Academy. Um, in there, we do a morning market update, talk about things that might be affecting the market. And that's that's the resource I'd probably suggest to check out. It's free. It's an awesome way to get set up for the day. And then on our website as well, there's some free training. But wow, cool. Day, I have to go check that out, the, uh, the morning update there. 
Yeah, it's uh, every day, Monday to Friday at 9 a.m. It's really nice. It's collaborative. A lot of people share the comments. But at the end of the day, I'll tell you guys this. It's, you know, find as much information as you can and then only accept the information that makes sense to you. And, uh, oh, yeah. Without a yeah. doubt. Well, George, this was really great. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thanks for having me on, Chris. Really appreciate it. It's fun. Absolutely. And thank you guys for tuning into today's How to Trade Stocks Options podcast. Before you go, make sure you like, subscribe, and enable notifications. That way you never miss any of the tools, tips, and tricks that we upload every single week to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. Hey, thank you so much for listening. And before you go, remember to head on over to finclub.ai to get your two free weeks of artificial intelligence stock picks. You've got nothing to lose and only the most advanced AI to help you trade with confidence at finclub.ai. That's finclub.ai. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Yule, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. Tim and StockTrader.com and Christopher Yule are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice, tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. TimMinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Yule are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker-dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit TimMinuteStockTrader.com legal. And thanks for stopping by.